I'm Gregor Thompson, I'm a philosopher and a writer, and I know what the meaning of life is. Welcome to The Struggle. This episode is brought to you by the Struggle for Meaning newsletter. This is a weekly email newsletter that I send out for free every Sunday, a short article concerning the art of embracing struggle. I also send out tips, strategies, recommendations such as movies, music, podcasts and recipes to help along the way. To sign up completely for free, go to gregorthompson.com, the link will be in the show notes, confirm your subscription and make sure you check your spam folder for your welcome newsletter and add me to your contacts to continue to receive it in your inbox for free. And that's it. You're on your way to struggling more and being more productive, healthy and motivated. Now, let's get on with the struggle. This is episode 8 of The Struggle with me, Gregor Thompson. And for this episode, I want to speak about the struggle of culture and our tribal nature. You see, we humans are tribal and status-driven creatures. So we tend to unconsciously integrate ourselves into a tribe, then try to gain status within that tribe. We then view other tribes as unworthy or beneath our group. In 1973, psychologists Michael Billig and Henry Tajville conducted a study in which participants started by looking at two paintings, then determining which one they preferred. Then the participants were either told they were split into groups based on their painting preference or based on a simple coin toss. Each participant then went into a cubicle where they awarded real money to other participants by marking it on paper. The other participants were listed under code numbers to conceal their identity, but what wasn't concealed was what group they were assigned to. The results showed that people gave more money to members of their group, regardless of how that group was formed. So even though they were assigned a group based on a mere coin toss or just their painting preference, they still viewed the members of their group as more worthy of a reward than the other group, even with the knowledge that they were formed with something so arbitrary. It does not matter how we differentiate from others. We all unconsciously view our group, whatever group that may be, as superior. The difference between the sexist, the racist, or the xenophobic, and the non-sexist, racist, or xenophobic, is that those who identify their unconscious biases and attempt to fix them aren't racist, sexist, or xenophobic. And those who truly believe they are superior consciously and that their biases are true are sexist, racist, or xenophobic. Professor of Neurology and Biology Robert Sapolsky notes, We may claim to judge someone by the content of their character rather than by the colour of their skin, but our brains sure as hell note the colour real fast. This doesn't mean that we're all racists, just that our brains note skin colour fast, and our brains are capable of passing judgments on others based on their race, simply because they are a different race to you. Countless studies have shown that we're all capable of unconscious bias based on identities such as race. We must identify these judgments if we are to treat others as we want to be treated. We must strive to judge others by the content of their character rather than identities such as race, religion, sex, gender, sexuality or political affiliation. At a time in which wars are being fought based on where people are from and what people believe, it is crucial that we see the humans behind the face. We must acknowledge that we see race before anything else, but that we also consciously strive to not judge a person based on these identities and rather listen to the words they speak. We can't run away from our tribal nature, but we can embrace other tribes and strive for harmony and not division. 
We certainly are different, but these differences shouldn't harbour hatred. This doesn't mean that we should accept wrongdoing. We must speak up when we see immoral acts. But regardless of the race, sex, gender, sexuality, religion, or political affiliation of the wrongdoer, we mustn't think in terms of this person is wrong because of their identity and instead think this person is wrong because of their beliefs or because of their actions. But we must also accept that we will disagree with others' actions or beliefs, and we should only speak out if we believe that others' actions or beliefs are immoral. Too often we don't even listen to the words a person says because of the judgments we make before a person opens their mouth. We will not listen to someone on the right if we are on the left and vice versa. We will not listen to what men say or what women say or what homosexuals say or what transgender people say based on our prejudgments of those groups. We must judge ideas rather than groups. We must allow for anyone to speak and we must allow for disagreements instead of shutting groups down or refusing to speak to other groups. Critical thinkers judge ideas. Lesser minds judge people. We must champion what we believe in and champion those we believe are making the world a better place, again, regardless of the race, sex, gender, sexuality, political affiliation or religion of the right doer. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart, and through all human hearts. We like to simplify complex aspects of life. We want to neatly organise groups of people into the good and the evil. But it's just not as simple as that. The split is within each person. Do they act in accordance with their potential for evil or their potential for good? Judge a person by this, not by their group. We need to move away from what George Orwell termed groupthink and towards ideathink. Our first thought when someone speaks should not be what race is this person, what gender is this person, what political affiliation does this person belong to. Yes, a lot of the time we can't help but first acknowledge these aspects of the speaker, but at the very least, we should strive to judge the content of what the speaker is saying before we make fleeting judgments, or worse, before we shut down or censor. Democracies require free speech to operate, and when we attempt to censor anyone's speech, we act against that democracy. So let's struggle to accept our differences and celebrate our similarities, because there are many even if the news or social media says differently. Judge the ideas before the identity. That's what we should strive for. The answer lies in the struggle. So keep on struggling. Just a few more things before you take off. First, thank you for listening. It genuinely means a lot to see people listening to the content. Second, if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe or follow wherever you're listening. That's the best way you can support the podcast. You also have the option to leave me up to a five-star review, which would also be very much appreciated. And lastly, keep on struggling.